Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirija Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our Career View website who are interested in a career as a civil engineer. Today, I'm joined by 28-year-old civil engineer, Josh DeGrandi, who has been working in the mining and building and construction industry, having a variety of experiences he never imagined. Josh shares a lot on the reality of engineering and where the opportunities can take you. So let's get into it. All right, here for another episode with the one and only Josh. Josh, mate, I am so happy to have you here. How's everything going? Yeah, really good. Thanks. It's been a really busy period for me at work at the moment. And I've got a holiday coming up actually at the end of this year, which I'm really looking forward to. So I'm just sort of hanging on at the moment while I can just to get myself through. <laughs> basically, Where are you going but for holiday, by the way? I'm going to Europe for okay. three and a half weeks, which I'm really looking forward to. But until then, I am... Uh, head down into into work and yeah, into just getting through the rest of this year basically. Fantastic Josh and once again it's really great to have you here and answer some very important questions that we get from students who are interested in the career path of an engineer. But before we jump into the questions, first thing I want to ask you that I'm really interested to know from you is why engineering? Why did you go down this pathway? What was the first reason for you to consider engineering when you found out about it in school? Yeah, it's a good question. And if I'm being 100% honest, I was a student who did maths and science at school. And naturally, it made a lot of sense for me to just sort of pursue something that I guess, you know, talk to that skill set. And yeah, for me, I was like, well, all right, let's 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 have a crack at engineering. And, and that's pretty much the, the pathway I took. But I was actually thinking about becoming a pilot at the time too, when oh, wow. I was in that phase of life where I was trying to figure out well, what do I what do I do after school? So it was, it was actually, uh, I weighed up the two options and, and for me I thought, well, pilot seems like a really risky, I guess, career to take. It's quite a costly quite a costly avenue, if you like, if you do it yourself. But I was like, oh, well, look, why don't I pursue a career that's, I guess, a bit more of a safer pathway, if you mm. like, I thought at the time. And yeah, and, and that was that was sort of how I got, how I got there. Like, I had an interest for, for the math and science side of stuff. It seemed like this... I guess, open-ended opportunity, if you like. And it certainly played out to be very much like that. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, that's great to know and it's worked out well. Funnily enough, that's a very common story. Mm. You know, we hear among many engineers, right? You're interested in, you know, maths and science. You might be studying that at school and then engineering seems like the next, you know, likely decision that you would go ahead in terms of pursuing a career. So this is not very uncommon, by the way, (laughs) Josh, but interesting to know you weighed up with being a pilot and ended up going with, in that time, what would you say, a safe option? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate the honesty. I like it. Yeah. Um, Josh, jumping into our questions. Sure. Ask my students. First question that I have for you is... How did you decide what field of engineering you wanted to pursue? Yeah, sure. Look, for me, I I would say I'm more of a, a personable person. I, I like to sort of work with people more and I definitely do that now in my career. I kind of weighed up the options and the sort of different types of engineering there were. So, so I'm, I'm a civil structural engineer, like that's my qualification. And to me, that sort of seemed to be the most, if you like, broad in the sense of opportunity that it created from a 
career path. Well, that was certainly my perception at the time. And I was weighing up between that and mechanical. To me, I just thought, oh, mechanical seems very much more design orientated, mm. like very mathematical. Even though I said I was good at math and science, like it wasn't actually something that I did want to continue to do for the rest of my career sort of thing. I did want to sort of go down that project management style route and um, the civil engineering <coughs> just seemed to be mm. more aligned to that in from the research I was doing at the time. And I also had like a bit of a real interest in buildings and things like you know, housing, bridges, just like really cool architecture and yeah. stuff like that. And it just naturally sort of seemed like the right fit. Right um, fit, yeah. Mm. But the main reason being the fact that civil engineering at the time, what you believed was quite broad, could give you a number of different opportunities. And is that true? Looking back now, being a civil engineer, do you feel like that has given you the broad framework of looking at a number of different jobs? Yeah, I would say definitely. But at the same time, if I look back at it now, I think it can be somewhat irrelevant, the engineering you actually do at uni, depending on the actual sort of, I guess, pathway you take and pursue and the experience you start to build in your career. You might have a similar opinion to this, but I think it really depends a lot on probably the style of work you get into. Definitely. No, and that's probably a bit, once again, good to know that, you know, to some capacity, it doesn't really matter what engineering you're doing. And obviously some are specialised fields to get into specific industries, but it does really depend on the nature of the work that you do once you finish university or you finish your higher education studies Mm. to work as an engineer, right? But you'll only know once you're there. So Exactly, yeah. And look, like it's definitely not talking to that sort of industry or what you go into and the work you start to take on. I guess we're really talking to either you kind of go down a more specialised consulting route where you are doing a lot of design or mm. you're going down the route of a project management avenue. Probably doesn't necessarily matter as much that the engineering you did, but down the design route, like you said, definitely it's pretty important to obviously be doing the engineering that you studied for at university if you're doing that for sure absolutely no that makes sense makes Mm. perfect sense next question that we have for you josh is how did you know engineering was the right fit for you i think i alluded to it before but i didn't really i actually didn't i wasn't sure i knew i like I said, I had the skill set to try it and I wanted to. And I think, to be honest, I'm still in my career now and I'm not sure if it's right for me. <laughs> but, but, but no, I don't mean to put people off no, by saying that. No. But I mean in the sense that you don't really know until you try. And yeah. for me, I started at university and I thought, oh, look, this is a challenge here. And I, I, maybe I just like a challenge and like to work hard <laughs> and have the work ethic for it. I'm not too sure. I think everyone's circumstance is very individual and unique. Like uh, for me personally, because I was in a torn place when I was trying to choose the career avenue I was taking I was a little bit unsure as to is engineering going to be right for me is, is it yeah. not like yeah. how will I know I think like anything regardless of whether it's engineering or any other sort of career you're weighing up you don't know until you try absolutely um, but how did you deal with that then engineering is a long degree right yeah. it's many years a lot of technical work a lot of hard work and some of the questions that are coming up later <laughs> yeah. and I want to get your perspective but you know how did you deal with that still being unsure you know a lot of people decide to pivot and do something else why did you stick with it i don't want to say stubbornness <laughs> but stubbornness yeah so no 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 don't, i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that no i think look i was under and this came probably from having some work experience that i immersed myself in but i could kind of see that university didn't seem to necessarily reflect the real world if you like as much as it probably is like you know in the day-to-day actual work yeah. so I thought to myself, look, four or five years, depending on where you're studying, is this a long, <laughs> it's a long time to wait to figure out whether you like it or not? And I, I was fully conscious of this, but I 
definitely I thought I owe it to myself to at least stick it out and try and the worst case scenario was that well I've got a degree under my belt hopefully some of these skills or this degree is transferable into other fields that you know are somewhat similar in the industry and yeah how did I do it look I guess through hard work and determination yeah. honestly yeah. as cliche as that sounds you have a choice do you go back to the drawing board and pivot from there am I willing to pivot do I want to for me, I was concerned about wasting time and mm. looking back at it now, there is no rush. There is absolutely no rush. And I think patience is a, certainly a massive factor there. And mm. I understood that like, while this is a very hard degree that I was studying at the time, I think if I stick it out, I'll actually get exposed more so to what it's really going to be like. And I'm glad I did. I certainly mm. have. I've built a lot of great experience. I did a lot of work experience while I was at uni. And that definitely played a massive factor, I think, in actually helping me understand more so why engineering and I started to get a bit of a hunger for it too and I actually like really enjoy what I was doing so yeah I love it Josh and it's very valuable insights I think for many people listening out there about your story and how you know you don't have a very conventional path of hey I wanted to be an engineer this was a challenge and you kind of stuck it out and you were determined to actually finish it through you know just having that self-awareness I think you've had throughout your degree to know that you know what there is opportunities in here and also maybe outside as well that I can also look at good to have a degree under the belt sure and that's not I'm not saying that like that's how you need to do it like you could start and think I actually don't like the degree itself I don't like university or I don't like this particular yeah. style of engineering and pivot from there are completely changed it's totally okay too I guess for me an element of it is I don't actually know what else to do and mm. I probably might be more self-aware of it now but at mm. the time I thought well I probably wasn't as self-aware as I should have been <laughs> and maybe really asked the question is this what I want to do fair enough but yeah look like I said I'm glad I stuck it through and I'm glad I am where I am now so it's great and yeah. it's worked out no, great to hear Josh um, next question asked mm-hmm. by students when it comes to a career path of an engineer is did you have a backup plan so for me it was like I'll try the engineering stick it out and if I don't like it well try the pilot route maybe and if not then in the end the short answer is probably not outside of that and I think that's totally okay it's so difficult to know what you want to do when you finish school even while you're at school or even while you're at uni even now like Mm. people change their careers all the time it's comes from really that self-reflection and spending that time i think to really analyze what is appealing about this career for me yeah 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 yeah. no it makes sense that's fair enough i think yes you've already touched upon this point pretty clearly but um we get this question a lot. Did you have a backup plan? Because there is this feeling that sometimes, you know, what if it's not working out? But you being clear that, you know, even if I do this, I have potential transferable skills to do anything else that I can probably put my mind to. Definitely. It's probably a healthy way of looking at it. And I think given the audience of this interview and this session, I would certainly stress the point that you don't have to have a backup plan and don't feel perceived, this perceived pressure that you have to know what you want to do when you finish school or while you're still studying, even when you're at uni or even after you've finished uni. It's totally okay not to know that 100%. But I will stress that the fact that you certainly need to have some patience with the process too and trust the journey that you're on and just try. Sometimes decision fatigue can come into it and you can actually end up making no decision at all because you're so concerned about making the right decision and the yeah. reality is, is there's never going to be a 100% correct decision and the only way you'll know is by doing and taking the action. Totally agree and very valuable, very valuable insights there, Josh. Um, next question that we have for you is, is studying engineering in university hard? Yes. <laughs> yeah next question yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. exactly yeah um there is no uh, easy way to, i'm sorry for anyone who, who wants it to be easy it's look 
university in itself, I think, is as easy or hard as you want to make it for yourself. And engineering in particular requires a lot more dedication, I would say, than some other degrees. I won't name those degrees, but, but you know, it is because you have a massive workload and just in your units and your contact hours and there's a lot of assignments, there's a lot of exam study and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And for me, I was, um, I was certainly fixated on this point or this idea that, you know, I have to get a really good result if I want to get a good job. Mm. And look, there's an element of truth to that. I was under the impression I was graduating in a time where it was difficult to get a job as an engineer. Mm. So I was like, well, if I want to stand out from the rest, like I have to do well here. Mm. And obviously if you want to do well, you have to put in the work. And I wasn't necessarily the most brightest person. would certainly have to to work harder to understand stuff. I guess that came with hours. Yeah, and and what was those hours looking like? What was that working kind of study week look like for yourself? Yeah, so I studied at Curtin and basically – the degree there is four years. The first year is, I would say, generalised. And I would say that the contact hours then, I was in five days a week. And that that partly was just due to a spread timetable, if you like, too. But, yeah. but either side of your classes, you were certainly there doing studying or assignments. So I would say it was probably like a nine to five job at the mm. start. And give or take, you'd maybe have a day off here or there during the week or yeah like you know half a day half throughout a day. The, yeah so yeah. that sort of thing and and majority of the day looked like classes some practical classes things like that and then as you progress obviously you start to specialize so after that it was year two um you, you choose the units that are more specialized so for me that was civil structural engineering and mm. and you progress from there and it obviously gets a bit more difficult the workload you start so if, this is talking to a full-time unit workload so mm. i was doing four units a semester and the hours were probably, again, probably nine to five sort of hours, I would Sounds, say, but, but yeah. five days a week. And then weekends, you'd probably be doing assignments too. Yeah, um, okay. At, at, you know, that starts to creep in into to year two. And year then two. Yeah. look, from, from the third year onwards, it's when it really starts to get quite busy. And, and I, I think on, the reason yeah. it gets busy is because you're also juggling a lot of your other life, uh, your life requirements, basically. You've got to some, like, you know, fund your lifestyle and you've got to have a part-time job and mm. juggling that with also trying to get some experience, do some work experience. Like it's a full-time gig. It starts, you start to really get some, some big hours. And I would say in my towards the end of my third third year and then probably my fourth year and I don't want to throw people off here but I was for context I was trying to get really high marks so I was probably getting to university at eight o'clock in the morning and then leaving at 10 o'clock at night for probably the whole year in fourth year wow and that was partly because I had five units a thesis you know trying to do a part-time job when I could too and that was probably Monday to Saturday I would say Monday to Saturday and don't get me wrong, I, I, it sounds grim, but it's actually, you, you, when you have some friends at university, like you're yeah. all doing it together, it's quite a cool community. Like everyone's in the same boat and it's really enjoyable. And I'm sure you had a pretty similar experience there. Definitely, Josh. And that's the reality of it. You know, that's the utter reality of studying engineering. You require those kind of hours. Whether you're trying to achieve high marks, whether you just want to do better, obviously in terms of understanding the content, it's demanding of you to actually put in that time and really understand the concepts because they're very technical. I yeah, mean, there's so technical. many technical aspects to it. So not a grim story, but the reality of the situation. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I don't want to scare anyone <laughs> off that. It's But you know what? I think it, regardless if it was engineering or not, if you wanted to really excel yourself, and this is probably the same for other disciplines in engineering too, yeah. it's certainly the same. You get The result is the work you put in, and that doesn't change, I think, regardless of the degree. And like, there was definitely guys there, I should say, and girls that were probably not as committed to the cause, if you like, and yeah. they still went through and passed, and yeah. they probably had more of a social life than I did as a result. And that's 
totally okay too. I certainly wanted to make sure I gave myself an opportunity to get a good job when I graduated and at least have the marks there for that. I really like those insights from yourself there, Josh. Moving on to our next question that we have for you is how did you find a job once you graduated? And if you could break down really the process for you. Sure, sure. Going back to what I was talking about with me thinking it was going to be quite difficult to find work in the market and industry that I was graduating into, I actually started out as a labourer for a building company, basically. And I was doing that part-time all throughout uni. And it kind of just gave me that experience and exposure to all that sort of stuff. Definitely think that was probably a key starting point to my employment journey as I graduated. So it started with that. And I think that led to actually showing my future employer at the time Mm -hmm. that, oh, I was willing to roll the sleeves up and actually get dirty and understand and put myself out there too immerse myself in the industry not in an engineering capacity but obviously on the tools capacity if you like and Mm. so look part of your requirements at Curtin was you have to do I think it was 480 hours so that'd be about 12 weeks of undergraduate work or work experience if you like so they didn't actually organize that for you so that was something that you had to go out and seek yourself and I was conscious of that too so probably year two I think I started at a and this was through a networking opportunity I started working at a design consultancy in the city basically doing some little structural design um, packages for a mine site. I was working in the city and this was for this mine that was getting built in in Mm. Panama, I think it was. To be honest, that was my first taste of of what I was like, oh, this is what engineering is like. Jeez, do I like this? Like, (laughs) I'm like, oh man, like I just come to work every day, just punch out calcs and designs and then like I go back to like, you know, far out. Like, is this what I actually want to do? But look, that led to... um, That led to my CV started to build from there, if you Mm. like. And I would certainly recommend this to anyone who's studying or whether you're at university to to try and immerse themselves in in the industry where they can. Um, I then actually through that found another opportunity. um, I applied for an opportunity I saw. um, Just applied online? Applied online through, um, I think it was actually advertised at Curtin. They were looking for an undergraduate style student to help out, if you like, in a small consultancy. And this consultancy was like a traffic and civil consultancy. Um, And that was a real small team. That was really cool. And I did that probably, I worked with them for about, um, would say, like over the course of a year, but probably in total, maybe like two or three, like two months, three three months in total. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome opportunity, awesome experience too. And and that probably came from me wanting to seek out a bit of a a diversified, um, CV and and show that I've got some experience under my belt when I when I graduate yeah. and it was an awesome opportunity like that for me was a, it was a completely different side of engineering that I just yeah. didn't see and it, it helped me definitely settle the nerves a bit <laughs> I was like oh, okay okay not all engineering is just like this okay great there's definitely another avenue stream here or opportunity here. Mm. so that was sort of a part of the process of understanding mm. that and then look so back to the actual question it, when it came to graduating I could be wrong on the timeline here but. Well, graduate programs normally get released, I think, early start of the year or even towards the end of the year for the following intake of the year. Um, so I applied online for a bunch. Um, mm. And from that, I went through, actually, I ended up working for my employer Um so once I graduated, I basically locked in a graduate role with this employer and they, they mm. were awesome. Yeah, so through the online application process, I should say. Yeah, that was, that's how it just that, worked that's out. That's just how it worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. that makes sense. And, and the reason I sort of give context to that is because I graduated at a time when there was, I think, 350 people that applied for this job and wow. they hired five people. So wow. I felt very privileged to obviously be accepted. Um, and I think what worked for me in that, in that sense was the fact that I had that 
experience and that exposure, if you like, and immerse myself in a few opportunities to develop, I guess, a bit more of a package for this company and say, look, I can talk shop a little bit more than just someone who's come fresh out of uni that doesn't. doesn't That just has a degree. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Key word there is the work experience, right? Like the fact that you immersed yourself and you took that initiative to do a number of different um, opportunities to get work, whether it being a labourer or just designing and doing different things. And I think that also serves you as a benefit and, and it's probably important for our listeners to know that it just gives you once again a taste of is this what you want to do yeah right exactly it's also adding value but it's also making you question yourself in the right way in the best way possible is this something that i actually see myself doing do i like this what do i like and what do i don't like as well Mm. so that kind of journey i think is very important for students to be aware of that you know when you're applying for a job you went for an online went through the graduate program, fantastic. During that time, do not just focus on the technical and do not just focus on the studies, on the degree itself or the certification. Focus on the fact that you should be looking at different work experiences to complement once again how you can get a job one day and also understand if you want to do this. Exactly, yeah. And talking to that as well, I think it... it, it if you are impatient and you do want to understand whether you want to do this or not, it actually <coughs> helps you find the answers much quicker than waiting, if you like. Totally agree. I like it, Josh. Um, moving on to our next question that we have for you is how much is applied what you've learned in university to the real world? Oh, jeez. I'm probably the wrong person to ask this question. Be honest, Josh. Tell me from your experience, what can you <laughs> translate? Okay, look. Right. So just for context, I went into a project engineering style career. So... A lot of the design elements that I studied at university are probably completely not applicable to my everyday job. Um, What I will say, though, that I did learn at university, time management skills, Mm -hmm. how to prioritise, how to communicate well with people, like when you're doing team team assignments, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of that's very applicable. Even how to just manage your life, like with (laughs) with working part-time and then studying full-time and all that sort of stuff. Like a lot of that's very transposable. But then going more specifically to the technical stuff, I would say that if I was to put a percentage on it, like an engineer would, I'd say, honestly, I'd probably say 5 to 10%. Um, for context, I would say that's because I'm more of a, a project engineer these days um, versus if I was to go into design, I would definitely say then it would probably be in the order of 80 to 90%. Yeah, um, okay, know. big difference then. Yeah, totally. Okay. And yeah. the thing is, I was at, at university, you learn fundamentals and you learn the principles um, in reality and in the workplace, you're not actually working under first principles and fundamentals. You're working, you know, with software. You're working with much more streamlined um, technology or processes that are built up off the principles you learn at university. So that's mm. why it's applicable. But mm. um, at the same time, it's still not as clearly transferable from university to the work life I don't think fair point and yeah. no I appreciate the honesty there because people like to think that you know whatever you study or why am I studying this is this applicable in the real world even more when you're in university right yeah. it's one question in school but then you know it's one thing at school thinking about how is this applying to what I want to do in real life but more when yeah. you're taking up a tremendous amount of debt you're sacrificing <laughs> yeah. a tremendous amount of time. You want to know what is exactly that I'm learning that is applicable one day. And yeah. I think from your perspective, as you've just mentioned, it's not because of the nature and role that you do. Um, and I think that's important for people to be aware about. That's okay. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally okay. It's yeah. okay to, you know, once again, go through that process and understand everything else that could be important, such as time management, project management, working in teams, building that understanding of being able to work 
in different situations during that time in university, having that kind of playground and testing period where you can yeah. make mistakes, um, I think that's also has tremendous value. I think it's important for, as I said, I, as an engineer myself, it's important for listeners out there who are interested in this career path to know that maybe, you know, you're not going to fully apply that. It's nothing to take away from the degree, but doesn't mean the degree is not worth it. it. It totally creates the opportunity to work. There's definitely the mechanism to do that. But um, yeah, there's no right or wrong. Like you said, it's totally okay. It's just fundamentally how the course is structured, I think. You couldn't cover everything you do in your working life in a four-year degree. It's just not possible. It certainly sets you up for, for that, for sure. Very comforting, I think. Important yeah. <laughs> for, our, so. for our listeners to I know. So, yeah. Yeah. I wish someone told me that, that's for sure. <laughs> awesome. Next question that we have for you asked by students, Josh. What is the salary range when starting out in your field and how far can it grow? Yeah, so it's a, it's a very good question and it's a very important one. It's probably one of the biggest ones you consider when you're trying to figure out your career. So um, look, I'm just talking based on my experiences. So when I started as a graduate, um, I was actually under a structured graduate program with my employer and it actually went over the course of three years and it incrementally increased. So when I first started, I think it was in the order of like 66,000, I think was pretty much the first pay package. First and pay package, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was I was excited about it, but at the same time, you look at that in this day and age and you think, oh, it's probably not something that's going to be very sustainable. But, you know, you're paid for the skills that you have yeah. in the industry. And it was and, a start. It Totally. And, and that was just my, that was my experience. Then I think incrementally over the next three years grew probably finished on about, I'd say, 85 on the back of the graduate program. And then from there, it, and look, this is in engineering, there generally is some sort of graduate level, um, probably not always three years. This is quite unique, um, quite well structured, but there are sort of maybe a year you'd be a graduate, then you get promoted sort of thing. And I think from there, in, in civil structural engineering, it probably depends more what you're doing. So if you're a consultant and in the design space, it probably stays around that 80, oh, look, even, yeah, probably around the 80 mark, I would say, 80 to 90, um, probably for the next two or three years while you build that experience up and then also um, if you go down the project route or the project management route if you like um, where you're probably doing more hours because you are either on site or you'll be exposed to more work if you like mm. you might be sitting somewhere higher than that so probably like 90 to 110 if you like right. um, I would say for probably the next two three to five years that's sort of my experience for um, that particular Project engineering, I should say. But then look, from there, I think it's quite a, it's a very open-ended question because the salary can, from there, really come down to then the opportunities you create for yourself. So, mm. for example, um, you could change companies and negotiate a much higher salary than that and you've got some experience on your belt. So they sometimes sort of look at it based on your time out of university um, as a factor, your experience in the industry. That sort of stuff can contribute to them making a decision on, well, okay, this person's probably going to be able to really fulfill this role that we need them to do so they'll pay potentially more or less and so from there you could probably be looking at is somewhere in the order of 150 Um, and then as you get experience to say someone with like 10 years experience I would say if you were in the mining industry you'd Mm. probably be sitting somewhere around 180 if you're working from a city or in other industries, maybe somewhere around the 130, 150. 131. And this is based yeah. on what you've seen. Correct. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, look, it's very difficult to put figures on it, I guess. I'm one individual person with my experiences. Yeah. It, but give or take. Um, it then starts to determine like your 
level of seniority obviously starts mm. to play into it too. Absolutely. And probably coming back in terms of salary, right? Yeah. This is a very sensitive topic in terms sure. of, you know, what are you getting compensated for the work? But as a young professional, Josh, um, you know, for the career part that you've decided to embark on in the engineering world and more as a project engineer, do you feel like with the hours that you put in, the compensation is matching I mean, does it match basically the time and and involvement that you put in in terms of the work? I hear what you're saying, yeah. Look, my experiences at the start, no. So I was a site engineer, if you like, so undergraduate. I was working on site and commercial construction. Loved it. Like the experience I built was awesome. But I was probably doing uh, probably 50 to 60 hour weeks and getting paid for a 38, 40 hour week on a salary. Wow. Yeah, and, and, you know, quite overworked, if you like. But with full knowledge that the experience I was getting was totally worth it and that my time would come. Um, and I probably would stress that too. So, um, yes and no. I, I, that was a unique experience for me. I think as a graduate, I would say that more often than not, you're probably putting in that level of extra effort to, I wouldn't say impress, but to obviously really start to develop yourself in your career, start to gain that experience. And so you're probably... Do you have a level of like, mm. uh, I guess, wanting to go a little bit more above and beyond, if you like? And so, again, it probably really depends on the job you land out of university and whether the pay does outweigh that. And mm. it can also, there's so many other factors like, what's your team like? What's your boss like? Mm. Does your boss value your work-life balance? Do they let you go home sort of thing? Um, a lot of my other colleagues or friends, um, they had different experiences to me. One of them had gone into mining. They started on 105k a year, um, which I was like, wow, that's amazing. But they were doing FIFO, for example. The level of effort, though, was certainly matched by salary um, mm-hmm. in that case. And it, and it does vary. But then, look, moving on where I am today, I would say that the level of effort certainly matched by the salary. Excellent. And it, once again, it depends on the opportunity. It depends on so many different factors, as it you does. just mentioned. Yeah. Um, next question that we have for you, Josh, mm-hmm. asked by students is, what keeps you motivated in the job? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say in my current role, I work very closely with a lot of people. So I'm basically a project manager now. And a lot of that comes down to managing um, people, managing contractors, making sure that there's a clear plan and a clear direction Mm. to where we need to be. And and much of that really comes down to managing a budget, managing a schedule, making sure we're hitting our target, if you like, and and what are our constraints. That um, largely, I find it motivating when the plan works and it comes together. Um, And there is always stuff. It's just the nature of the job. There's always things working against you to make the plan just go as smoothly as possible. And that's the nature of it. And it's the awesome part of it because when you solve the issues and you solve the problems that you get faced with, you get a lot of satisfaction out of that and you kind of finish a project or you might finish a piece of work and you look back and like, oh, wow, like I navigated a lot of that challenge and the result is now that this functionality is working or this project's completed. And um, I think it's that it's actually somewhat addicting like to get the results. And look, my motivation, I think, has certainly peaked in trough. And I think that also isn't largely just because of the career. Like sometimes you can work in a job that isn't motivating and Mm. you have to probably be self-aware there and pull yourself out of it or go look for other opportunities if you want to you know really stay motivated and keep building experience yeah the, i think the motivation peaks and trouble and it can be for many other reasons like life gets in the way or mm. you start to prioritize other things relationships your mental health your, your mindfulness all that sort of stuff that's also very important to upkeep to keep yourself motivated at work and so 
Um, I would say where I'm at now, definitely that mm. the challenges that you get faced, but solving them, solving the problems and working with the people too. Like that's why I went down this avenue because I much prefer working with people than I do, I guess, sitting behind the desk doing calcs, mm. like the other, I guess, avenue of, of engineering. Mm. And you build relationships with people, you get to know a lot of people, you understand how they click um, and ultimately you get an opportunity to empower people to do really good work and it's awesome. Like it's rewarding, I think. It's very fulfilling when it works out that way. Absolutely. And so great to hear that you found something within engineering that can give you all that. Yeah. You know, and it allows you to connect with people, work with people, be on your feet. And for anyone out there who's listening, considering engineering, there's, there's different pathways. And the one that obviously works for you, Josh, is something that could be very interested for many people who also want a very similar experience where mm. they want to work with people. And having that satisfaction of solving problems on a different scale is also possible through the career of engineering. Yeah, so sure. great to know. Last question that we have for you to wrap up this episode is, do you plan to be an engineer for the rest of your career? <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. I, think I know the answer. We do. We uh, do. Look, at this point in time, no, I don't think so. I think like we were talking about, I definitely want to consider other avenues and other areas I can add value to people's lives and also uh, pursue something that's more fulfilling for me. I would certainly see myself staying in the career for at least the next you know couple of years for sure. Um, when I say no, I guess what I'm saying is is that I am currently interested in like. I guess moving into a more of a management style role where I work more closely with managing teams and that can still be in engineering and to be honest it's probably where it's going to go for the next couple of years for, for me in my current position but I definitely want to I guess transfer those skills to maybe other avenues and that might that might look like a hybrid where I still work in that and then do other stuff on the side um, that I find fulfilling but if I look at myself where I currently sit I, I don't see myself doing it for the rest of my life no I just want to call out that that's totally okay i'll use my old man as an example he was a biomedical scientist he grew up in switzerland did a lot of awesome work in his field Mm. he moved to australia basically worked in that didn't find it very rewarding here in australia he's probably not got the same level of support and research support so he became a prison officer and he's done that for the last 20 years wow yeah and you know loves it and it's completely left to feel it's so different and i just call that as a perfect example that it's totally okay if you you pick a career you do it for 10 years five years 30 years yeah. and then want to change. Definitely, definitely okay. I'm so glad we're destroying this this way of thinking of you do one degree, you do one career and that's the rest of the, your life. And it's very common for many people to think like that, you know, oh, yeah. should I be studying this because I'm going to be doing this forever? No. Yeah. You know, that's the bottom line. That's the question there. And and I, I, once again, I like your honesty here that, you know, you don't want to be an engineer for the rest of your life sure. or for the rest of your career, but you will still utilize the backbone of what you've learned as an engineer, but you can yeah. still do anything else. Just like your old man, like you know he must have had a very technical aspect of his job but he could definitely take skills and do something completely on the other spectrum and he's loved it yeah and i think it talks to what we were talking about before with experience building that experience in the field first over chasing the money because then you're developing skills that are so much more transferable and even when you're at uni and you're trying to get some work experience it's the same principle you're developing communication skills you're understanding how to work with other people what makes them click and how to sort of deal with difficult just 
situations and then that becomes very transferable to your first job when you're out of uni and all that sort of stuff keep pursuing it and that's okay really great to know and i really like that um response there josh and that wraps up all our questions mate this has cool. been a lot of fun it's yeah, really it been, been great really good. it's I've been really great to get this yeah. i really hope we've added some value for someone who's thinking about engineering at the moment i definitely sure. think so and it just once again talks again some of the traditional perceptions with engineer and we've covered a range of different topics yeah it definitely provides more insight for students who now know that it's more than just engineering there's so many different fields to it as yeah, well. yeah exactly now for our listeners who have more questions for josh that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect with him just visit our website careerview.com.au this is where you'll find josh's profile and you can send him more questions which i'm sure he'll be happy to answer absolutely um and yeah with every episode please don't forget to submit questions that you want to know especially to young professionals who've been there and they've done that and they can share their story josh mate can't tell you how much i've enjoyed this podcast because a i'm an engineer and it's great to hear your insights <laughs> nice we're very yeah, yeah there's very similar similarities there's a lot of similarities there but one thing i want to ask you before we let you go is um if you had to look back and if you had to take yourself back all the way to high school and do the whole journey again would you do anything differently no i would not i, I would say because even though I sit here now and I've just told you that, oh, maybe I'm not going to be an engineer for the rest of my life, I would say that the experiences I've had, the people I've met, um, the skills I've built as a result of pursuing and sticking it out um, has been so instrumental to my uh, my perspective on life now, my experience now, the salary I'm on now, the work I do now. And without it, I certainly wouldn't have opened up the doors and opportunities that I've created for myself Um yeah, so I wouldn't know. And it sounds cliche like oh, I wouldn't change a thing, but no. I, if I did look back at the time though, I would probably have given myself more time to really consider what it was that I wanted to pursue um, or maybe gone about it a little bit different in the sense of, yeah, like I guess exposing myself to other avenues other than just engineering. But yeah, totally okay that I didn't. Like it's just my story, it's my journey. And, um, you know, everyone who's listening is about to embark on their own um, and – yeah, I'll just stress the point that don't rush into anything, but also um, don't not do anything because you're scared to make a decision for sure. But, um, you know, you've got time and um, there is certainly plenty of time to figure it out. And experience definitely answers a lot of questions. So, yeah. Fantastic, Josh, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It's been great.